This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Mount Park. Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Saber, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about masala chai. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am excited and nervous about this one. <laughs> yeah, this one is very, very, very uh, large and unwieldy um, because it touches on on so many. It's one of those uh, products or, or not products. It's not a dish. It's it's one of those things. It's one of those things <laughs> that we humans have created and consume um, that really represents a bringing together of a whole bunch of different cultural histories. Um, yes. And also, it came together in a place that I am not from. Uh, neither mm-hmm. of us are from and uh, did not personally grow up with. And so, you know, like we're we did a whole lot of reading and we hope that we don't mess it up. Yes, as always. But, you know, listeners, we love hearing your feedback and input, uh, especially if you're from these areas, because it just gives so much context yeah. and understanding. And we love that. We can read it in a listener mail uh, segment and we would love it. So, yes, I always put that out there. Was there any particular reason uh, this was on your mind? I think I think it's been on our list for a very long time. And mm. I got really confident a couple weeks ago. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know, let's do some of these difficult ones that have been on our list for a really long time. Like we're up to it. Like we can do it. Not thinking about the fact that the next couple weeks these past couple weeks were going to be bonkers. 
Um, Indeed, they were and continue to be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, <laughs> I have uh-huh. no one to blame but myself. <laughs> However, uh, I'm glad that we're doing it because I a I love masala chai, um, and b it has been so interesting trying to 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 tease out the important details in these readings. Yes, um, I also love masala chai, uh, but as I've mentioned in previous episodes, I, I I'm not allergic. Tea, uh, but I have some intolerance or something where essentially to me it feels like when I drink tea that I am a desiccated sponge who has been left out on the beach <laughs> oh, no. and I'm out of reach of water and I'm just about to crumble. Basically, I get like really dry mouth and nauseous. I guess that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, um, I and and right, and you do kind of the same thing with mint, right? I do. So it sounds uh, like is, some kind of like tannin sensitivity or something. I believe that's what the internet tells me. I also, as I've mentioned previously, think that I just oversteep tea. Oh, and I think I could hmm. have some teas if I didn't oversteep them. Yeah. It's really only like three minutes, especially for a lot of black teas. So, mm-hmm. which is my favorite. Uh, I love black tea. And Oh, so you enjoy the flavor. You just don't. Yes. Oh, I love it. Um, I can't, but it's like, it feels like I can't swallow. And eventually my friends kind of had an intervention. And they're like, look, (laughs) you've got to stop doing this to yourself. Also, you've got to get rid of mint. And in fact, recently on my birthday, uh, somebody bought me a cocktail and it came with mint. And she was like, absolutely not. And I took out the mint. I'm like, yeah, be fine. (laughs) No, 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 I'm not having this. Um, But I did, I loved and still love, just feel like I can't drink masala chai. And when I was in college, I had a friend who knew I loved it. And we were in a a college organization Mm -hmm. and we, you know, pulling those all-nighters or whatever. She would always get me one. And because it was like her treat and she was so excited about it, I felt like I couldn't tell her, you know, I don't know why. But this (laughs) is is injuring me. Yeah. (laughs) And it was like such a difficult conversation for me to eventually face her. It's one of those like social interactions that shouldn't have been that stressful. But I was like, I've got to build myself up and tell her (laughs) this whole time. (laughs) I've really appreciated it. I loved it, but I can't do it anymore. (laughs) You've got to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and she did, and she didn't care because she was a human person who was my friend. So she was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, of course. I, she was like, oh, my bad. I uh, Cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> so you can see our episode on, I would say, boba tea, uh, horchata a little bit. Okay, uh, yeah. And then our episode on Tea Time that we did with Dr. Julia Skinner, who has a book coming out called Our Fermented Lives. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. always, always delightful to catch up with uh, with Julia. And um, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. And Our Fermented Lives sounds like it's going to be incredible. Super looking forward to that. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, we have to have her back on the show at some point. Okay. Yes. Um, also, for a bit more on related families of spice blends, um, perhaps our episode on tikka masala or our interview with uh, Mirwan Irani. Yes. From our Asheville who, series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who is going to come back up 
yeah, 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 yeah. He is a he is a chef and the proprietor of restaurants like Chaipani and Bodawala. Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess this brings us to our question. Mm-hmm. Masala chai. What is it? Well, uh, masala chai is a tea brewed with a blend of warming spices, often served hot and with milk and sweetener added. The tea is usually a strong black variety. Uh, The spices can include cardamom, cloves, cinnamon, nutmeg, and ginger, uh, and other stuff. Uh, The milk is usually cow milk. The sweetener, usually white granulated sugar. But that being said... Masala chai just means tea with a spice blend added. Um, And it's one of those things where, like, the exact recipe varies from region to neighborhood to household to personal preference. Um, And that is in places where this is a traditional drink. Um, The meaning has expanded pretty wildly around the world. But that base of spiced tea... Is, is so flavorful and creamy and warming and, and comforting, but, like, also invigorating. Um, mm-hmm. It's the same feeling you get from, like, a really good conversation where maybe the perspectives or personal reference points of everyone going in are, are different, but it just flows and leaves you feeling recharged. Yeah. Okay. Lauren, that's a great description. <sighs> It's like a meshing of things. Like yeah. A comforting meshing of things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it literally is that, too. Uh, getting into yeah. that in the history section. But okay, yes. So um, so let's break all of this down a little bit. Your tea. Um, it can be loose leaf or powdered or bagged. Um, Assam, which is a strong black variety, is common. Um, but you can also find green teas being used for masala chai in Kashmir, for example, or you know, like pre-bagged blends with oolong and American tea shops or whatever. Uh, Your spices uh, can be whole or ground, toasted or not toasted. Uh, The ginger can be fresh grated or dry ground. Although a note here, um, if you're going to grate fresh ginger into your masala chai, do not add it to cold milk. Um, That's because fresh ginger contains curdling enzymes or enzymes that will curdle. I don't think that's their like their specific purpose in nature, but they do that. Um, uh, And they denature or stop working um, above like 70 degrees Celsius and or 160 degrees Fahrenheit. So either add fresh ginger to the steeping water with time to come to temperature before you add your milk or after you've added the milk and let it come to temperature or use dry ground ginger. I can't tell you what to do. True. In addition to the sort of base level stuff that I mentioned at the top of this section, you know, cardamom and cloves and cinnamon, ginger, nutmeg, black pepper, um, you might have mint, tulsi, fennel, star anise, white peppercorn, rose petals, lemongrass, or saffron in there, or other things. Um, And because you are using a bunch of strongly flavored elements Chai masala blends, um, masala just means a spice blend, uh, chai again means tea. Um, chai masala blends can be a little tricky to balance correctly um, or to balance to taste and are therefore sometimes family secrets. Ah, you know we love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, your milk. 
Most modern recipes that I've read call for whole dairy milk, cow milk, um, because that's become the most available in most places. But use whatever you like and use it in whatever proportion you like to the water. Maybe you don't use any water. I don't know. Ooh. I know, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, sweetener choice is similar. Um, again, it's usually white sugar, but people use whatever type in whatever proportion. Preferences range from like a super creamy and sweet, like lots of milk, lots of sugar, like almost a liquid dessert situation to something um, like lighter, focusing more on the tea and or the spices. Generally, in order to make masala chai, the recommendation is to simmer your tea and spices in water on the stove. Um, and then add the milk and sweetener and bring everything to temperature and serve it hot, like no matter what the weather is like outside. Um, but again, recipes and preferences and practices do vary. It might be made by the pot at home or ladled out of a larger vat at shops or stands or served by the cup in restaurants. But yes, you can buy prepackaged tea bags that contain the spices. Uh, you can find... Uh, pre-made liquid mixtures, uh, like concentrates that you either reconstitute with water or milk. Maybe you just drink it straight. I don't know your life. Um, uh, it can be served iced or like blended, uh, with ice or with a shot of espresso in it or like doused in vanilla syrup. Uh, however you drink it though, it sounds real silly when you call it chai tea because chai means tea. Mm hmm Try, try not to do that. Yeah. Just yes. let that sink in for a moment. Yes. Mm -hmm. Chai means tea. You're, if, if you say chai tea, you're saying tea tea. Yeah. Which, yeah, different thing. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> what about the nutrition? Oh, it depends so much on how you make it. Um, uh, you know, as always, um, sugar is a treat. Treats are nice. Um, you know, you, you can you can have a, a good... Uh, a good caloric punch, um, a little fat and a little bit of protein from the dairy that you put in there. That's that's nice. It is. Tea tea has been investigated for for many different potential effects. We're not really going into that today. No. Mm -mm. Not today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we do have uh, some numbers for you. Okay. Um, tracking down like the global consumption of masala chai specifically is a little bit difficult um, because A, in many places it is such a um, homemade thing, like people are assembling the ingredients and making it by the pot in their own house. Um, so, so on that level, I can't really tell you how much masala chai is consumed around the world. Um, but the numbers that I have for you are from a heckin' Guinness record. Okay. Okay. The Guinness record for the largest cup of masala chai, or karak chai, karak chai, um, as it's called in Dubai, where this cup was made. Um, the record is from 2018. And okay, it was 5,000 liters of tea. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> That's like 1,320 gallons. Um, My uh, brain. <laughs> Uh, it was prepared by 138 chefs working at 70 stations starting at 9 in the morning one day, uh, producing batches that were added to this cup that was 3.7 meters tall. 
that's 12 feet tall. Um, no. The, <laughs> the blowing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> the cup had a heating coil inside to keep the mix warm. Um, and if you want to know how much chai and how much masala went into this, um, all right, it was 155 kilos of tea powder, 300 kilos of milk powder, 380 kilos of sugar, 155 kilos of ginger, 47 kilos each of cinnamon sticks and cardamom powder, and 7.5 kilos of cloves. Mm. <laughs> no. I just can't fathom it more. I can't fathom it. It's a lot. It's, uh... That I can agree with. (laughs) It's a lot. (laughs) Wow. That is, that is like, like, like a hot tub to swimming pool size masala chai. (sighs) What a world out there, you know? Oh, my goodness. Well, um... Let me shake this off. Uh, our, <laughs> as mentioned, our friend, our I like I'll call him friend. Okay, yeah. Uh, chef Marwan Arani, the founder and executive chef at Chai Pani Restaurant Group, who also offers multiple chai seasonings under the Spice Wallet brand. Uh, he said, "For Indians, drinking chai is rarely a solitary event. It's an act, something you do with others, a moment enhancer with friends." or a shared experience with strangers. It's a catchphrase to denote classic Indian hospitality. It's slang for a quick snack and also means a small bribe or tip, just enough to cover the cost of a snack and a cup of chai. I could think of no more perfect name than this. Oh, huh. That's such a great quote. (laughs) Oh, that's lovely. Oh, heck. Mm -hmm. I miss that guy. What a good guy. Yes, what a good guy. And the Spice Walla, you can, yeah, you can find these chai mixes on there recommend oh absolutely um, yeah um spice Walla is a really good resource not a sponsor just humans mm-hmm. who we like um uh doing good stuff uh yeah they they've got a whole bunch of different masala uh spice blends and for mm-hmm. all kinds of different purposes and to different tastes and so yeah it's, it's super fun uh you can order stuff online from them check them out spice yes. Walla. yeah Spice Walla. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got quite a bit of history to go through. Oh, my heck, we do. Um, and we are going to get into that as soon as we get back from a quick break forward from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics. 
as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes about six million approximately 11 million dollars nearly 10 million dollars was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry she would probably have sex with one of her clients hide your money in your old rich man because <laughs> she is on the prowl listen to queen of the con season five the athlete whisperer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts back thank you sponsor yes thank you so yeah uh legends abound about the origins of masala chai Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes uh one popular one is that it was invented five thousand years ago by a king in what is now india historically it has been used medicinally um and this may have been how it started herbs and spices uh with believed healing properties like cinnamon, cardamom, black pepper, ginger and cloves steeped in water and served either hot or cold. Legend has it that the king would drink this tea to stay alert on long days in court and that it may have been offered to guests. But that word tea is kind of in scare quotes right here. Right, because in these early days, the predecessors to masala chai didn't contain any caffeine because they didn't have any tea leaves. Yeah, um, region to region, um, and remember that India is a very large multicultural place, um, uh, what went into these semi-medicinal drinks varied. Of course, um, you know, the base might be just herbs or uh, maybe fermented uh, millet or rice or lentils. The spices differed, and where water buffalo or cow milk was available, it might be added. I think the terms for these brews are um, in the north, uh, kata, um, and in the south, um, kashayam or kashia. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
And that is not to say that there was not tea growing in India then. Oh, sure. Um, right. Because it, it grew in the wild in some parts of India. And as early as the 12th century, indigenous peoples drank tea made from wild leaves for the health benefits and the energy. Um, frequently, the dry and toasted tea leaves would be packed into a bamboo cane and then smoked. Um, later, a few records indicate that people drink tea in cities that did a lot of trade with Europe, the Middle East, and China. Makes sense. Um, an English traveler to India wrote in 1689 that people drink it, quote, with some hot spice, with sugar candy, or, by the more curious, with some conserved lemons. Oh, that sounds delightful. Ooh, I well, know. That sounds so good. I like, I, like a, I like a conserved lemon. I like lemon in tea. Heck. Okay. Oh, well, anyway. You're coming out strong. I know people have strong preferences about tea and lemon and anything to do with tea. I, I like it. Honest. I like it both ways. I like it with tea. I like it. Or I like it with tea. I like my tea with tea. Yeah. Good, <laughs> good sentence, Lauren. Um, uh, I like with lemon. I like it with cream. I, I, I am picky, but not about that. I love, I like my tea with tea is what I'm just going to say from now on. I don't know. I like my tea with tea. Uh, (laughs) But not overly steeped. Uh, Okay. (laughs) So black tea didn't find its way into masala chai until British colonizers arrived to India sometime in the 1830s. At the time, the British already had a love of tea, which we did talk about in uh, Julia's episode she did about tea time. Um... Britain consumed a whopping 40 million pounds per year of tea, but China pretty much held a monopoly on its production at this time. Um, And when the Chinese raised prices on tea, the British decided they needed to control their own supply and established the first tea plantation in India in 1832. This was the first of many, with Europeans, Indians, and indigenous peoples from this region competing to control the tea industry in India. The explosion in this industry was so great that it was a struggle to find workers and outsiders especially hired migrant workers, many of whom were trapped by disease or debt, while the indigenous folks revolted. The mortality rate on these plantations neared 50%. Yeah. uh, Part of what was fueling the creation and conditions of these plantations was the fact that the British Empire outlawed slavery in the 1830s which sounds great, but it led to uh, these these alternate places and ways to exploit workers. Um, it also led to the, um, to talking about, about migrant workers, it led to the migration of a lot of Indian workers to other places in the world. That's like sort of different episodes, mostly um, because one of the effects it might have had was to have um, strengthened like the multicultural inclusion of specific spices into masala. Um, For example, in uh, chai masala, cinnamon um, from Sri Lanka, which is one of those places that saw a lot of Indian migration. Yes. And we have an episode on cinnamon. Yep. Uh, where we talk about that a little bit. So you can check that out. Yeah. Um, the British stoked tea production and consumption in the 1900s in India, in part because of the British established Indian Tea Association. Uh, thanks to these efforts, tea did grow in popularity in India, and um, it was one of their top exports at the time. However, tea was still fairly expensive there. Um, it was linked with acceptance of the British and wasn't widely drank across India. Um, 
People who did drink it were in the Indian upper class, uh, serving it in these like special te- specialty tea wares with milk and sugar. To counter that, the association, uh, the Indian Tea Association, for, forever now known as the association, oh. uh, <laughs> launched marketing campaigns across the country that painted these beautiful pictures of tea drinking, coupled with tips on how to brew. The association pressured places like textile mills and factories to introduce a tea time where discounted tea was made available for sale. Um, a side note, we are experiencing a little bit of thunderstorm activity yep. <laughs> uh, here in Atlanta during this recording session. Um, so if you heard a giant peal of thunder when Annie started talking about yeah. the Indian Tea Association, we didn't add that. I'm not going to say it's inappropriate. Right. <laughs> It felt right. It felt right. <laughs> um, that was just nature chiming in. Um, mm-hmm. At any rate, okay. Um, yes, so all of this was going on. And and then um, sometime around or perhaps just after World War I, um, Chaiwalas, uh, the people who were selling um, this tea uh, from from kind of like, like, like vat sort of situations, um, around places like like mills and factories, chaiwalas uh, began adding masala to their teas. Yes, um, and this was in part inspired by a drink of milk flavored with masala spices, popular as an after-breakfast beverage in two states of India where um, quality spices and quality milks were available. Yeah, and also those, right, those other uh, uh, quasi-medicinal beverages that we were talking about earlier. Mm. Um it was also inspired by the fact that, like, the tea that the Indian Tea Association was pushing wasn't all that high quality, um, especially early on in the campaign. It took it took um, plantations there a minute to um, to kind of catch up to Chinese technology for for processing tea in a way that the British found acceptable. Um, and of course, what they were giving out to the general Indian population was not going to be as high quality as what they were saving for themselves. Um, so it was a complicated process to arrive at masala chai as we know it. Um, like at first, the association also didn't really approve of the adding of spices because they were afraid that it would prompt people to use less tea leaves in their blends. And, you know, they were trying to push those tea leaves. Um, they were also trying to push British culture, and this was kind of anti-British. Um, so, yeah, it was really, really a, a, a push and pull among these different cultural and uh, financial influences in the area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, a note on milk here. Um, Although there were, like, a lot of water buffalo and cattle around various parts of India always. Um, And milk and other dairy products were consumed locally where available. There wasn't really like a formalized dairy industry until the 1900s, um, starting with a push from British colonists during World War I and leading through what is legitimately named Operation Flood in the 1970s, um, which transformed India into the largest dairy producer in the world. Um, this is also all very complicated, um, and it's, right, important to remember that India is, like, big um, and multicultural, <laughs> uh, but suffice it to say that during the 1900s, availability of milk for products like masala chai boomed. 
Right. But then um, there was a Great Depression in the 1930s that coincided, ha- happened to coincide with this like huge yield among tea plantations in India. Mm-hmm. Uh, sales of tea in Britain and the U.S. and Europe at large dropped precipitously. So, to increase tea consumption, the Tea Board launched a massive marketing campaign to get more people across all demographics to drink tea in India. Um, Salesmen traveled across the country promoting tea, held public demonstrations. Uh, They advertised it as healthy and energizing, uh, this alternative to alcohol that people could drink. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Meanwhile, at the same time that the Depression hit, um, a technological innovation in tea production was developed in Assam. Um, it's called cut-tear-curl. Um, this is a, a mechanized process that creates a really fine grind of tea leaves um, that can be used to brew a strong tea quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, India's relationship with tea grew increasingly complicated during the 30s and 40s as the calls for independence grew louder. Mm-hmm. Mahatma Gandhi urged citizens of India to boycott British products, even specifically calling out tea plantations and the indentured labor and minimal wages that they relied on. Um, Many tea workers went on strike or abandoned the industry altogether. Tea advertisers fought back in attempts to co-opt the independence movement, swapping out imagery around colonialism with messaging around nationalism, painting tea as a beverage of Indian national identity and unity. In fact, when India declared independence from Britain in 1947, several tea marketers released a statement claiming that tea was a unifying drink for India and tea plantations largely sold to Indian owners. Uh, So they were really leaning into this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Also, yeah, the the, the history of indentured labor on tea plantations um, uh, in India and perhaps especially in Assam, has had effects that ripple through to labor practices today. Um, in the past few years, there have been strikes. It's it's a whole thing that's uh, a little bit outside the scope of this episode. Right. Um, in the 1960s, masala chai became even more affordable with the invention of a mechanized tea production system. Uh, yeah, this was an industrialized version of the CTC uh, production process, allowing it to scale up just a whole bunch. And as masala chai became more accessible in India, people experimented with all sorts of recipes and methods, mixing up the type of milk used, the type of tea, the spices, the sweeteners. All over the country, tea shop owners, called chaiwalas, yes, uh, opened businesses in places like train stations and began brewing the drink in large amounts, selling it in these clay pots. And it didn't take long for these establishments to solidify their importance as social meeting places. Yeah. And then, yeah, masala chai's popularity grew and spread the world over. This this partially aligns with patterns of immigration out of India and Pakistan and what's now Bangladesh. Um that increased in a few waves across the 1900s, uh, starting with independence and separation in the late 1940s, right? Um, Increasing again in the late 1960s with a bunch of political changes that were going on and continuing through to today. 
It also dovetails with the American interest in certain aspects of South Asian culture, um, especially in like the 60s and 70s with the development of um, ashram and yoga practices and stuff like that here in the States. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first American company selling prepared masala chai was out of Santa Cruz, California in 1980, and it was called the Masala Chai Company. Mm-hmm. And then later in the U.S., Masala and Spiced was dropped from the name, with many vendors just calling it chai or chai tea. Uh-huh. Uh, further Americanized chais might be made with syrups or non-dairy milks or often a pre-sweetened concentrate that is then added to steamed milk. Yeah, uh, one big influencer there is the brand Oregon Chai, um, which makes, yeah, concentrates and powdered mixes. Um, They opened shop in 1994, and their line includes stuff like vanilla chai and salted caramel chai and perhaps most confusingly, spiced chai. But yeah, these these are all all, uh, blends that they offer that are called chai tea lattes. Okay. All right. And then also looking at you, Starbucks, uh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which did really popularize chai here in the U.S. And they, you can find plenty of articles, but definitely the like concentrated syrup is. Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah. A very, very big thing here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. But right, if you weren't around for all of this, or if or if you weren't paying attention, which is fair, um, uh, it was it was a whole thing. It was this really wild boom, like this article that I found from 1999 in South Florida's Sun Sentinel newspaper said, "Quote: Chai is suddenly the hottest sip in America." Um, <laughs> at uh-huh. at that time, um, the owner of Masala Chai Company told the Sun Sentinel, uh, the market for chai has gone berserk. We had a 90% market share 10 years ago, and now we have 10 to 15%. But our business is four times as big. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Massive growth. Okay. Massive growth, right. Mm -hmm. Um, Then I couldn't find any data about it, but I would say anecdotally that 2008's um, film, award-studded film, Slumdog Millionaire, which is a British-made movie about this uh, poor Chaiwala dude working in an Indian call center um, winning the Indian equivalent of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Um, Got very popular. Um, It it brought, like, a bit more global attention to masala chai and chai culture. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, um, the (laughs) for better or worse, I guess, the chai latte scare quotes trend um, of like ready to drink beverages uh, containing spiced tea, sugar, and some kind of creamy element has really gone global. Um, Around 2015, chai lattes went pretty big in Europe, I guess specifically in Germany. I Listeners, write in if you have personal experience with this. Yes. Yes. Um, Any and all of this. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Because I would love to know I would just love to know <laughs> what's going on in the rest of the world. Yeah, uh, always, 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 right? It's um, it's always so. I mean, and I and I love looking into um d- dishes and products and drinks like this that that right are from this very specific blending of cultures in this very specific time and place um, that have gone 
so big and gotten mm. so different and, you know, that like have been like a normal daily part of people's lives now for a century or so, but that are just being extrapolated upon in infinite ways outside of that. Right. Um, and uh, it's just weird. Culture's weird. Humans are weird. What's up with that? <laughs> What's up with that? Is a different <laughs> podcast. Uh, not for us today. But, you know, I think that's what we have to say about Masala Chai for now. It is. Um, we do have some listener mail for you, though, and we are going to get into that as soon as we get back from another quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. 
employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with Listener felt like masala chai was like a warm like sitting around a warm fire with good friends yeah yeah right yeah. Mm-hmm. it's like mm. a it's it's like a it's like a hug that 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 doesn't like calm you down it kind of like perks you up exactly exactly it mm-hmm. yeah. well i hope that came through <laughs> <laughs> musically uh, yeah that <laughs> yes <laughs> that's what i was trying to capture <laughs> oh heck yeah, neither mm-hmm. of us are musicians. I don't know if you could tell. <laughs> <laughs> I played some instruments, but yeah, chorus-wise, no, no, definitely not. Um, Tyler wrote, so I listened to the Baked Beans episode. When I listened to it, I just had to tell you about my beans experience. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Uh, my mom bought some Bush's maple and cured bacon beans. It was a rough time. My mom and I were tooting like crazy, (laughs) more so than with regular baked beans. I even posted on Facebook as a warning to my friends about these beans. They were good, but the tooting was not fun. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, heck. I love your enunciation there, Annie. That was really good. (laughs) Tooting is such a fun word. Wow. comical immediately it yeah it's it's very evocative um it is goodness uh mm-hmm. yeah you never know with some with some packaged products you know there's just <laughs> i like you know you've got to make notes of these things you do you do for future reference and other people uh-huh. you know? absolutely um mm-hmm. i mean that dog in the marketing is real cute but you know true but behind the cuteness, yeah. the veneer of chaos. So so much tooting. So much tooting. Um, <laughs> so much tooting. <laughs> goodness. Um, Victoria wrote, here are some pictures of sherbet bowls I got from my mom when she downsized her dinnerware collection. I'm currently enjoying snow cones in them and have made wild blueberry syrup, pomegranate syrup, lemon syrup, and mango syrup, to which I can have by themselves or mix up the flavors. The photo has pomegranate and mango. It looks beautiful. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's, that's delightful. I love you got all these syrups. Mix and match. And also sherbet bowls. Dedicated sherbet bowls. Yeah. And I love, I love like a solid um, uh, vintage tableware yes. situation. Um, Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely mm-hmm. all around. Lovely all around. Um, which, thanks to both of these listeners for writing in. Um, if you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We are also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way.
This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.